All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Angel Sky Studios. And your number is 877-37-GRIND or 877-374-7463. So, yes, yeah, so we'll put a bow on that and move on. But props to the women again. Uh, props even to the men. I think, of course, uh, you know, people are going to tell you that they enjoyed the women's final more than what they saw last night, even though San Diego made it uh, competitive. But, though, that is definitely an accomplishment to get over 9 million views, uh, viewers, I should say, uh, for the women's final game. Uh, moving on uh, to the NBA, um, I came across this this morning, but you have an anonymous executive um, in the NBA that said that, quote, all of us, all teams are going to regret for not taking tanking, excuse me, for Wimby. Um, those are the types that I wish a GM would put a, or executive or whoever it is would put a name on it. Um, but of course, normally people, when they say that in that, they won't. Um, you know, I, I, and this might have been said in tongue in cheek. Um, evidently, he was on the record or they, they kept him anonymous or whoever he leaked this to. But I will tell you, and, and I don't and I won't say that it was in tongue in cheek. But y'all know how I am. Um I feel like this is, I, I don't, you know, from the fan standpoint and, you know, you go back to the Embiid situation, trust the process and stuff. I just feel in the day and time that we're in and how, you know, people can perceive things and the optics of things. I just don't know how I like even another executive that's in the NBA, that's employed in the NBA, putting it out there that really tanking. Is something everybody should have done for this individual, Mr. Wimby. Even though that's possibly that's what could be going on or that's what, you know, even in our own backyard down here with the silver and black or you want to talk about the Pistons or whoever, even though we know there's certain things that can take place in an organization uh, to set you up for this. Um. I don't know exactly if I'm down or if I if I feel a certain way by an executive, especially if you don't want to put a name on it and a team on it, saying that we will all regret not tanking. Because to me, that kind of basically and I, maybe the word taint is a little bit too harsh uh, for the product, um, but it comes down to um, it's a little bit uh, it's diluting the product. It, it, it to me, it just comes down if everybody knows that, hey, well, look, we've confirmed this. There's a bunch of executives that when they feel like they can, they're just going to tank and throw games. I will tell you, man, and this goes back to which I know we didn't really talk too much about it, but we've been on this kick with Adam uh, Silver. And I know we didn't. I think it was Thursday or Friday. You text me about the latest fine. I think who we, I think forgot who you text me. It was a fine that he gave out was still kind of minimal. Uh, like last week or so but it just comes down to and I like Adam I really do but there's a lot of things that's starting to be said under Adam's regime or, or a lot of actions whether they're you know to referees um, there, there's a lot of things that are going on that I feel like an executive and trust me I did not care for him I know you're not supposed to speak on the dead like that 
But I feel like there's a lot of things that wouldn't have went on under David Stern, like meaning like there was more of a a fear factor involved. Uh, but I think that when you're a executive currently in the NBA and you put out there that we're all going to regret for not tanking for them, that to me, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, I don't know if that's a good look uh, for the product in regards to putting out there. But again, it, with, with all that said, it continues to put um, the pressure on this young man when he comes out, whoever is fortunate to uh, win the ping pong ball. Um, like I said, we, you know, I don't know. Um, I mean, it's safe to say, cause I still would say LeBron had more coming out when I say hype and pressure, even than Wimby, but I will say it's safe to say that he is the closest or he, by the time we get through this draft or by the time we get to the draft or whenever that is, it, it, it's going to be the closest. Uh, when he's drafted, but no matter who gets him, that's going to deal by the time the pressure is going to build up and but the, by the time somebody drafts. Him. So we'll see how he we'll see how he handles. But in my opinion, I don't know if an executive um, should be putting that out there that, hey, we're all going to regret for not tanking for him. Eight, seven, seven, three, seven, four, seven, four, six, three. Also, NBA. um Speaking of the Mavericks, I know you brought this to my attention yesterday. We didn't talk about it, but the Dallas Mavericks, I don't think they're in action tonight. I don't know if they're playing tonight, but I know they're having thoughts of shutting down uh, Kyrie Irving and um, Luka. Um, I don't know if that decision's been made, but I know they've talked about it. I mean, hell, I mean, the way they played the last couple games, it looked like they shut down any damn way. I mean, they out there. Uh, but I know also there's a report that Dallas still has intentions to sign Kyrie Irving to an extension um, this summer. I would tell you this. I would not um, I wouldn't bank on it for Kyrie Irving to be resigned with the Dallas. So so help me out with this. Jones. So he's a Kyrie Irving. He's technically going to be a free free agent after this season. Is that correct? Yeah, he's a free agent. Okay. Um, I think, you know, to me, of course, money talks and you have to wonder, you know, with his reputation and, you know, how it went down in Boston, how it went down in Brooklyn. It makes you wonder what kind of market is going to be for Kyrie. I mean, he's a hell of a player, especially when he's all, you know, focusing on basketball. Um, But I don't know if Kyrie is going to probably want to stay in Dallas. That's my opinion. I, I think Kyrie, before it's all said and done, I believe Kyrie wants to make right what was wrong with what went wrong with LeBron. I think he regrets that. I think of course he was younger. He was more mature. He got a chance to leave the house under LeBron, got out in the real world, and he has a lot of regrets. So with all that said, I anticipate, you know, look, the Lakers have been playing a better basketball. I mean, they found themselves right now. I think they're like almost a half a game out of the fifth seed or something like that. Um, and this is all without LeBron for the most part, who just basically um, came back not too long ago. Um, I feel Kyrie Irving is going to find a way to try to get to L.A. Now, it depends on what the Lakers do. I don't think they're 
a title contending team this year. I just don't think they're deep enough. I mean, I would have to, and we'll have time to play that game before we start when we finish the regular season and we see these matchups. But in the top of my head, I don't really know who I would take LA to beat in a four out of a seven right now. I would have to think about it. I mean, because definitely would have to be possibly a young and experienced team, but I would have to really think about who I would take uh, for them to even, you know, beat in the Western Conference four out of seven. And so with that said, I don't anticipate a title this year for the Lakers. Um, Stranger things have happened. But I think with that said, they'll definitely be looking to probably see what they can do to retool quickly and I think when you look at a situation with Kyrie Irving he would definitely have to take he would have and to me he would have to leave a lot of money on the table to go to LA anyway but it's like how bad you want to play for LeBron and how bad do you want to try to get another title okay Uh, but I think I've I've told you how I feel about Draymond Green I mean I, I think Draymond Green especially from what I've seen afar with the type of relationship that he has with LeBron, I definitely see if, if the era is going to end in Golden State, which I believe it is, regard, even if Golden State would go and go back-to-back, just shock everybody, they hit a switch, Wiggins coming back in a couple days, uh, Peyton the, third, the second comes in and everything, even if they win a title, I believe it's it for Draymond Green in this year. And that's why I believe Draymond Green and Kyrie Irving will be two individuals that will be trying to go down to play with LeBron in L.A. next year. That's my opinion. What do you got? But if so, either way, you're looking at probably just a one-year deal to play in L.A., maybe with a player option, because the latest CBA negotiations that we have is not finalized, uh, but something that didn't make the cut in there is the lowering of the age range for 18 for the NBA draft. Oh, that's right. So you saw the Bronny factor, and Bron wants to play with Bronny. Now Bron doesn't look like he's slowing down at all yet. I mean, he's he's injured. He's injured, but he's still averaging twenty nine over the course of the season. Okay, so if he's still healthy, and and, okay, what what does his situation in LA look like? And if you're anybody who's trying to team up with LeBron, what is you you're going to have to wait until Bronny goes pro. And Bronny's on the rise, so then you're looking at him as if he is, does he enter? He's six foot three. Does he enter as a true point guard? Okay, if he enters as a true point guard, what does that do with Kyrie? Does that put Kyrie as a two in that kind of a system? Because oh, you're talking about you're talking about when Bronny comes out. Okay, well, first of all, let's let, I hear what you're saying, but let's back up. If LeBron, which he set up his contract to be a free agent when he's eligible to come out and play, Every, that's well documented. Uh, that's I've got a buddy of mine that's a Laker fan. Uh, shout out to Chris. He he's he's been he's been telling me this about this move for like the last four years. Probably like, hey, when the age drop is going to drop. So we all been knowing that LeBron is going to pretty much has a a passion to play with his son, and he set his contract up that way. But I will doubt it very seriously, and I'll be willing to put money. If I was a betting man, I'd be willing to put money against this going down in LA. LeBron's going to have to leave LA. He's I don't think he's leaving LA until then, but if he's really serious about this, he is going to have to leave LA to go play with his son when he gets when when he comes out. Right, and so that puts a situation on these two other players who are rumored to want to play with LeBron. How long what kind of a contract do you sign next? Cuz oh. LeBron 
he's he's got an estimated contract through Spotrack, uh, estimated contract extension through 2023-2024, and then he has his player option uh, in 2024-2025. So we know he's with the team through 2024 at least. So that's right. next year. Mm-hmm. So what do you do if you're Draymond and Kyrie for this next calendar year? without having to force your way into another trade. And I don't know how many more of those Kyrie could take. Well, first of all, I'll start with Kyrie Irving. You can really say both of them, but damn sure I'll start with Kyrie. Uh, if you want to win a title, it's definitely he's got he's got this hunger in him to, to make what's wrong right or what went wrong right in Cleveland with LeBron. If all that means something to you, you've made way more than your fair share of money. This shouldn't even be about the money. You're going to have to leave a lot of money to go play on the table and, and do a one-year deal. Do a two-year deal. Talk Because this is the thing. Guys like LeBron, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, these guys, they talk, man. They talk more than ever. I mean, that's why it's refreshing to see kind of what's going on with Memphis and Golden State. Or whoever it might be, or you know, uh, Golden State and Phoenix, because it's one of those that sometimes these guys are too kumbaya. But my point is bringing it full circle to your point. These guys talk, so when you're to that level, you can talk things out and say, hey, "Man, I'm gonna sign a two. How long are you gonna be here? Well, I'm gonna be here this way. Well, I'm gonna go two years. This, this. See, in basketball, you that's common. In NFL, you really don't see that. I mean, for you see little examples like you know, for example, Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers conversation last year. It really went something like, hey, Devontae's like, what you doing, man? Hey, man, you know what? Look, dude, I don't know. I, I'm not, I probably don't want to play for another three, four years. So, and I probably, this could be my last year in Green Bay. Okay, man, I'm going to go get the money in, in Las Vegas. So, to me, to answer your question, Kyrie, Draymond Green, they'll have a conversation. And look, there's, first of all, let me just make this clear. Let me say this. There's no reports out there that this is, this is happening or this is being discussed. This is me looking at the lens and trying to say this is what I kind of see how it goes down based off the relationships I know and read about these guys have and really where they're all at in their careers and where the landscape the Lakers going to be at. Look, when they went and got Anthony Davis from the 504, they knew from that point on, Palenque and Jenny Buss, LeBron and AD, look, man, we're going to have to bubble, game, bubble gum, scotch tape other uh, 10 guys on this roster. So next year, there ain't going to be a bunch of money there for L.A. regardless anyway. So what's going to happen is, is that I believe they've come in a cycle to where I believe Golden State, Draymond will be available, and then Kyrie. And the reason why I'm putting these two guys is because, for one, if Draymond leaves an organization um, after going through, I don't know, how many finals and winning four titles and where he's at in his career, why would he just go ahead and scapegoat and run for another big paycheck? Draymond's made a good, a good decent of money. From what I've heard, he's good with his money. He's got he's getting into the media part of things. I think it's gonna be like, okay, can I go win a ring without my original brothers, Clay and Steph? And when you look around in the landscape, what are gonna be the teams that are gonna fit? Now it's just not LA. I mean, Draymond, I'm picking Draymond to LA based off of the relationship that he has with LeBron. See, every when LeBron, when Draymond kicked LeBron. And the family jewels, the apple sack a few years ago, everybody thought they hated each other. But if you look at them in the episode in the shop and you read back and forth, they got a lot of respect for each other. So I'm basing that off of that. And the Kyrie take, I'm basing that on like how how much more can you flirt with somebody open minded to let them know I want to reunite with you, that I want to reconcile with you. Okay. 
Those are one of those things. He sent another, hey, man, I was young and dumb then. I don't know. Oh, I was this and this. The tweet. I mean, he wanted to, trust me, he wanted to get down there. He didn't want to stop in Dallas. He was hoping to get from Brooklyn to L.A. So to bring it full circle, this whole segment about the Mavericks, if I'm them, I mean, hell, I'd probably, if, you know, Kyrie is whatever, I'm probably shutting down Luka for whatever, because Luka just needs, I don't know if this ankle situation is kind of manifesting, he's probably not 100%, but I said it yesterday, Luka and the Dallas Mavericks are at a crossroads, and this is up to Mark Cuban to instill the power in Jason Kidd to blast this young man in public to let him know, look, you're not on the, you're a hell of a player, you're a generational player, but you're not on the path that Dirk was, you're not. You're not. The work ethic, I believe, is not there. Coming in out of shape shows you there. His his demeanor on the court, you know, I mean, it's just it's just not there. So to me, I doubt it very seriously that Kyrie or they would have to if it's about the money and maybe it still is with Kyrie. Then, yeah, they could have offer him a boatload of money. But I don't really think it is about that with Kyrie because he's made the money. So we'll see how it plays out. We got a long way to go before we figure that out. You listen to the sports grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky online studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Spin the one and twos. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Today's show is being presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pillin Whiskey. Pillin Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before boiling glacier fed spring water is added from Mount Hood, Oregon's highest peak. Pillin Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and rich complex flavor. And also, don't forget, Pillin Whiskey is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo 
Cowboy Association and its official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the PBR Velocity Tour, and it's the official whiskey of the Sports Grind and an official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, 87737-GRIND. So, yeah, so that's my thoughts on um, the report today about Dallas still interested in maybe signing Kyrie to an offseason extension. Um I don't, I mean, to me, I, I'm not saying that they're not going to make a temp, but I will say I'll be surprised if he, if he signs there, because I think the money, I think for the first time in Kyrie's career and playing hopscotch from organization to organization, whether you want to call him the flame tour, the torch, he just blows up, just comes in, lights a match and leaves. I think for the um, first time, Money is not going to be, and I could be wrong, but money's not going to be at the top of his list on this decision. And then you got to realize, you know, you have to ask yourself on who really are going to be the players, uh, you know, for him. Um, so that's kind of where my thoughts are on that. Uh, speaking with the media today, uh, Luca's been asked a lot of questions about the season so far. Of course, they are sitting in the 11th seed, uh, which puts them just outside of the play-in. I think best-case scenario, uh, they can only make it as high as a 9, which still is play-in game scenario. Um, but he's talking – I mean, the comment – we can might, be, might have to break some of this down tomorrow right. because he really gets into his relationship with Kyrie, you know, what's kind of gone off the season, why he's disappointed – um, but he's uh, going a little bit down memory lane here. One quote that really sticks out um, from Tim McCann's uh, co- uh, coverage on ESPN is, uh, he, Lucas says, I think you don't see that chemistry we had before. I mean, especially last year. I think the chemistry was at the, I think that chemistry was at the top. Everybody. But chemistry builds not just right away. It's a long process. And so when you look at, okay, well, what's the change from last year? Jalen Brunson. Yeah, and what Jalen Brunson's yeah. doing in New York, being that you know, being a, a an on ball guard, and you know, on both ends of the floor, though, and I think that that defensive effort from Brunson is one of those things that that that's really lacking. And Luca does take ownership of you know his lack of defense this year, but I think that not having that support maybe of Brunson, and so it's not even so much speaking to Kyrie, but it's spe- about what he has now, but of what he lost. And I think that Brun- the, the Brunson miss is, is really sticking Well, again, down. again, I feel that um, I would take that personally, me, you know, looking at the situation from far and how much I've had to talk, talked about and covered, I would look at that that's a shot at the front office and a disrespect. And again, it's also a sign. It's still an immaturity of Luca. Like what Luca needs to worry about, man, is like I said, the best way that I can put it, Luca became Americanized. He got over here and he's been Americanized. Okay, because and the reason why I say that is because, hey, man, let's just keep it real. I mean, when you're talking about countries where he's come from, I mean, you look at Germany, you look at guys coming from France or out of Argentina. These dudes are more they're hungry. They're more hungry than our what you want to say, quote unquote, I won't say all, but majority of our what you want to say, spoiled athletes in general. They, these people are the, they're they're basically hungry, and I think when Luca and I honestly I think he's lost a little bit of that hunger. Why? Because he's been patted on the back a lot over here. It's like almost like he's made it because hey man I you know against against Clippers I averaged forty to play. I hit a couple game winners. I showed out in the bubble. Okay, we knew you we you could play, but are you making other players around you better? Are you are you making an attempt to work on your defense of the offseason? season? 
Are you going to come back into shape when there is no international team to play for? He's been Americanized, man. And 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 the and the bottom line is, and if you look at it, and maybe, and also, what do I always say? Bring it full circle. Go to the culture. Go to the up top. Since Mark Cuban bought the team, he's been a guy that's racked up more fines in, in, as any owner in NBA history complaining about the refs. I mean, Dirt used to do it not on the level of Luka. Luka's a Tupac of this stuff. But that starts up at top. And the being comfortable getting over here, that's part of the culture. Didn't happen to Manu. He came from Argentina. Didn't happen to Tony. And Tony was, and, and, and Tony Parker, he was a red carpet dude. He wanted to be on the red carpet. The whole eve of the whole that was, but he didn't get hungry. He never got he he never got lost that hunger. So, it always starts with the top and the culture. But I do feel that Mark Cuban is going to have to call him out again, just like he did last year about the weight and the condition. He needs to call him out about being mature and the leader. Kid had we 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 talked about it about three week four weeks ago when Kid had that press conference and he talked about maturity, but he was talking about one individual. He just didn't want to put a name on it. All right, let's take a look. Moving on before we leave NBA, let's look at the schedule. Do you have the schedule up in front of you, Jonas, for tonight? Uh, let's look at some games that might have some implications as we you know, enter the final regular season of the NBA. And there are some important games that I know uh, on the docket as I pull up the schedule in front of me. Um, let's take a look. Because we've got – I mean, we had no games on yesterday because of the men's championship game. So pretty much the last time I checked, I think this is pretty much a full slate uh, tonight of games. Uh, give me some games that might be on the radar, Jonas, in regards to having some implications, and I'll let you know if I can see that or not. Well, I mean, starting off right off the bat, the Cavs and the Magic. Um, okay. You know, the Cavs still looking to secure uh, their spot in the East. Um, most of that playoff picture is really coming in, but their magic, if they win, I think they, they get that win tonight, they lock in that fourth seed. Right. Um, you have the uh, the Nets facing the Timberwolves tonight. That's a big one. Yeah, that is. Um, in both conferences. Uh, for the Nets, uh, they're looking, they need two more wins to lock up the sixth seed, which keeps them out of the play-in tournament situation. And what uh, the guarantees T- you a spot in the playoffs. And what's the T-Wolves? And then when you look at uh, Minnesota, on the other hand of that one, um, right now, uh, I'm grabbing them. So they're sitting in ninth right now. Uh, They've got the Spurs coming up, and they've got the Pelicans coming up. The highest, they're they're sitting in ninth. But as I've talked about before, the tightness in the West. Uh, They can finish as best as the fifth seed. And they currently sit in the ninth seed, hmm. but they're hoping to hold on to their spot. The, the Lakers, uh, you know, when you look at them, and they've got the Utah Jazz tonight. But the Lakers currently sit seventh in the West, which puts them in the the the, the top seed in the play play in situation, uh, seven through ten. But the best that they can still finish is fourth in the West. Cal. Hmm. The Lakers were down there at about to be a playoff game. Even if they can get a playoff game, you know, we were talking about whether they, you know, tank for Wembenyama. You were talking about obviously they wouldn't get that pick. Would go to the Pelicans, which is where we've had that conversation a number of times. Um, But in their two of their last four games, they've got the Utah Jazz. And they've got the Clippers and Phoenix. Clippers are still looking to, you know, hold on to theirs. Yeah, Phoenix Clippers looking to hold on to theirs. So Clippers is uh, that's just one of those situations to where, honestly, you talk about what does the future hold. Um, that's the million dollar question for Russell Westbrook. 
I mean, because in a, in a way, it's almost to the point where I'm starting to feel bad for the guy. Cause, and I shouldn't not somebody that's making $45 million a year. Okay. Uh, but Russell is just like, it's just that black cloud that's following him, man. It's just that, you know, the Lakers couldn't figure get it out. I mean, it looked like they had it one time for a little stretch when he was coming off the bench. And I think Tyron Lue, I think the mistake he kind of made early on, which I'm not throwing dirt on the Clippers, is that I think that he should have, from the get-go, not really rushed to try to just catapult Russ into the starting lineup because it's Russ. Because the way it's going is that Russ looks like, I mean, hey, triple doubles, back-to-back years, all the stuff he done. It's to the point to where he's going to be a high-level six-man type of bench. I'll never disrespect Russell Westbrook and call him a role player. But really where he's at in his career and where everybody's else at in the game, he's really almost like a a high-end role player. Six man, seven man, and and that and to me, you can change zip codes and area codes, but I just think what well, that's who Russ. And part of that, I feel that look, all these guys work hard to get. You do not have you, you don't have bad work habits. If and you get to the NBA, you just don't. Okay, um, but I will tell you that I feel that. With Russell Westbrook, when you come with the success that he had early on, I'm not talking about championships, but I'm talking about when you come with the accolades of the double, the triple doubles, and you come as one of those guys that is a first team, all team, and you know, pretty much, you know, all star. When you look at Russ's, you know, situation off the court, a lot of passion in regards to um, fashion, a lot of stuff going on with his brother. So to me, I believe. What has happened with Russ, he's let a lot of these young guys, he's let a lot of even his peers pass him up to where when you lose a little bit of that athleticism, what do you, re- I mean, you saw Kobe start to work on it. Kobe started to work on his Tim Duncan, Michael Jordan, post moves, back to the basket, fade away. He started that he well before the Achilles popped and everything else, but he, he was a student of the game. He saw that, like, what am I going to do when I can't come up and pipe on somebody and dunk on somebody and make them a poster? What am I going to do? LeBron started that transformation to where, like, I've got to think about what is what am I going to do when I get to year 17, 18. LeBron was thinking about that in year 12, 11. Tim Duncan. Okay, used to eat Waterburger and McDonald's and give people 30 and 15 every night. When Tim started to get a little bit older, when he got to that 10th year mark, 11, okay, we'll change my diet. I just, he saw it if I'm going to make it damn near almost 20 years. In my opinion, that's the boat that has missed with Russell Westbrook. And, I, and, and a lot of it tells with his struggles on his shot. He's never been able, look, not everybody's going to have Chip as a shooting coach. I get that. But I believe the talent, the physical talent that Russ has and how dominant of a player that he was at one time in this game, I just feel the writing on the wall should have been like, there's going to be a time where I come and play and I want to continue to get direct deposits. There's going to be a time that come to where I'm not going to be able to beat people up down the court. I'm not going to be able to keep an out jump and out rebound everybody else and get all these rebounds as guard. What are you supposed to fall on? A post, you know, a post game, my mid range shot, an outside shooter. And Russ has struggled with that for the last few years so long. And that lets me know he hasn't really, he hasn't put enough focus. Not that he don't work hard. He just hasn't put enough focus on that crap and everybody didn't pass him up. And that's the reason why his ass is struggling. That's, and when I say, well, let me rephrase that. That's the reason why the last few team teams that he's been on, it's been a struggle to try to make it work with him. What do you got? You know no, I, I'm ready for more games whenever you're ready for them. Oh, I, well, yeah. I, whatever. I saw this uh, 
this uh tell me this Boston is in Philly tonight. Now, um I don't know where this shakes or how much more Boston can improve their situation or Philly, but I will know after the beatdown that Philly kind of took the other night in Milwaukee, after Milwaukee was beat down by this team that Boston's about to play in Philly, I think just for the optics, that, and keep in mind, there's this Boston and Philly. There's a rivalry here. I mean, it goes back to the 80s. It's got rekindled with, with uh, Embiid and, of course, Tatum and this crew. So there is some kind of love lost here. But I just feel from a standpoint tonight, I think this is Philly. You want to go ahead and steal. You don't want to lose the momentum that I think the 76ers have gotten post-All-Star break. They've been one of the better teams playing. That's the reason why Embiid got to a point where he pretty much catapulted and passed the Joker. Now it's crazy. And this is the reason why the voting situation. Because, you know, Steph Curry comes out and says, hey, man, if I votes, I'm voting Embiid is, is All-Star. I mean, excuse me, is League MVP. And I think this comes down to where you got a lot of people that, first of all, I think too many people got votes. Okay. I, I mean, like if you're in the media, you cover basketball, you've been around, whatever, they give you a vote because now there's too much personal element comes in. I tracked this for y'all about a week or two ago about the odds had shifted when basically Embiid went in and he surpassed Joker. What happens? Everybody's anticipating this Denver and Philadelphia 76ers game on a Thursday. And what does Embiid decide to do? Regardless of being on a road trip, regardless of maybe playing the two nights prior that maybe you should have waited, he decides not to play in this game. And where are we at right now? All of a sudden, the joke and the rumors you hear, now he surpassed Embiid and Embiid's being punished for that. I disagree with it because I feel that it, like for what they punished Embiid for, well, what about Joker? Joker has missed three straight games now, if I'm not mistaken. He hasn't played in the last three games. Are people going to fault that for him and say, well, now Embiid's playing tonight? So tonight's game between Boston and Philly, I don't know what the status is of Embiid, if he's playing or not, but I do believe that this is one of the games that I think if you're Philly, you want to win this one because this is a Boston team that got a huge win on the road in Milwaukee. Um, and they're coming to try to basically, you know, they plant that seed as they, as they say, you could see this team in the playoffs, but I feel that Philly needs it for the confidence to make sure that they don't lose that momentum that they had after the all-star break. And number two, if Embiid's going to play and it's obviously, he didn't say too much about it at the beginning of the season. Like he's talked about it for the last two years, every time they show up the media day and like. September, October, when they do media day for the last couple of years, other than this year, he's talked about the MVP. Well, I don't know what the league has against me. I don't know. We know it's important to him, though, even though he's been mum about it and quiet about it, we know he's important. So I think if he's going to play tonight, this is another against an opponent like this. Be able to pretty much get yourself back in to possibly a photo finish or maybe getting that little nose over the finish line and finally getting your MVP and beating the Joker. What do you got? Well, seeing as the conversation on Twitter today is about whether he's going to go over the thirty-one and a half point line, uh, thirty-one and a half point line, sounds like he's set to go. That's um, a good thing. Now, when you look at this matchup, though, uh, this is again tight at the top of the East for you know maybe the number one seed, two seed, three seed. It currently sits Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, with the Celtics three games ahead of the Sixers, with four games left to go. All right, but Boston holds the. Um, the tiebreakers over both the Bucks and the Sixers as it sits right now. So if they were to either, if, if Philly were to either chase them down for the second seed or they were to chase down Milwaukee, they would have the heads up on that one. So 
when you look at maybe potential seeding, how this could all play out, um, you know, with a win tonight, they lock up the three seed for sure, but they can, they're still in play for the two seed, which is currently held by the Celtics. Hmm. That's some interesting information that you just gave. Um, so you're, so you basically feel like this, this game between Philly and Boston tonight, both teams still got really something to play for. Yeah, most definitely. I, I think it's more than pride on the line. I mean, Tatum's still trying to make his argument to be in the to, to be deserving of the MVP conversation uh, and beat himself for sure. But this is seeding and just what does your next round matchup kind of look like? You look at some of those next round matchups. Hawks at Bulls tonight, huge game. Uh, Bulls mm. still trying to hold on to their spot. Hawks still trying to hold on to their spot. Thunder and Warriors, another big one. Um, so you've got some big action tonight. Where is okay? Where are the Bulls and Hawks right now in the standings? Because it's kind of surprising to me. I honestly, I didn't throw dirt on the Bulls a few weeks back in the Hawks. I mean, those these are both two teams. I mean, one fired their coach in the season. So to me, I didn't kind of threw dirt on both of these teams. But where are they at right now again in the East? Well, shout out to Ben Rohrbach really quick for this breakdown over on Yahoo Sports. Okay. On what he, how he's broken down teams' final matchups, it's great. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks currently sitting in the eighth seed. The best that they can finish is the sixth, but they're clinched no, la- no lower than tenth, so the last play-in spot. So they are guaranteed to be playing at least another game, right? But they can work their way out of the play-in scenario yet, which is, I think, where where you would want to be. So they're sitting there at 8th. Meanwhile, you've got the Chicago Bulls down there at 10th. Um, the highest that they can finish is 7th, and, of course, they can still end up out of the play-in picture. All and that game tonight is in Atlanta? Uh, in Chicago. In Chicago. Okay. And I haven't really liked Atlanta too much as a road team. And, again, Atlanta's just another one of those teams that, honestly, I mean, with Trey Young – and DeJounte Murray, especially with Trey Young. I mean, DeJounte, I said I'm going to give him a pass. I'm going to be on his ass next year. I know that. Um, they shouldn't really be in this position. Not not scrapping like this. Not in the East. Um, I mean, there's factors to that. You know, uh, for one, there's just another team that plays no defense whatsoever. I don't know. They're, they're probably just as bad as the Mavericks. Um, maybe the Mavericks are worse. But these are just two teams. They shouldn't be in this position. But, yeah, I kind of threw dirt on those two individuals. Those individual teams, I should say. When we get back, we'll talk a little NFL rumors and news. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Spin the one and twos. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this. It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 
It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.